This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. This is Case Closed, your weekly hour of old-time radio crime that you can find every Wednesday at relicradio.com. Visit the website for past episodes of this show, thousands of other old-time radio episodes of every variety. And while you're there, donate. It's how this is all made possible. We're 100% advertising free, which means we're 100% supported by you. If you're able to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on the link on the website. Thank you, as always, to those who have. Our first story this week comes from Nick Carter, Master Detective. We'll hear The Professor's Secret, his episode from April 1st, 1944. After that, it's Boston Blackie and Murder Incorporated. That episode aired November 12th, 1947. Another case for Nick Carter, Master Detective. Yes, it's another case for that most famous of all manhunters, the detective whose ability at solving crime is unequaled in the history of detection fiction. Nick Carter, Master Detective. Today's strange adventure... The Professor's Secret. For Nick Carter and the Mystery of the Z-Rays. working, Dad. Why, that wound in the guinea pig's shoulder is healing. Why, it's only about half the size as it was before. Yes, Jean. It looks as if my new invention was a success. All that I need to do now is build a full-scale model, and I shall be ready to bring a new era of healing to the entire world. Don't move either. What is it? Just stand where you are and put your hands in the air. What do you want? We have no money. We don't want money. We want that Z-ray machine of yours. Shut it off. But you can't... Shut it off, I said. All right. Now fix that machine so we can take it with us. And no funny business either. Pack it up good, Pop. Better do it, Dad. These men mean business. Very well, Jean. Just as you say. Hurry up, Pop. We've got a long way to go. How did you know how to find this place? That's our business, lady. Ready, Pop? Uh, Yes, it's ready. But be careful of it. Don't worry. They'll take good care of it. All right, Bill, you and Jake take it out to the car and treat it gentle. Okay, come on, Jake. What are you going to do with it? That machine heals cuts and bruises and things, don't it? Yes. If it'll do that, it'll heal holes made by guns, too. Save a lot of wear and tear on the boys. You mean... You mean you're going to use that wonderful machine to help your gangsters? Sure thing, kid. Now, you two get your hats and coats. You're going with us. But that's kidnapping. You can't do that. Get your hat, Pop. I ain't got all day. Come on, Dad, it's... It's no use arguing. Oh, all right, Jean. Get your hands up your surroundings. Tony, I got Jake. But I got one of them, Tony. Any more of them, Bill? I don't know. Maybe that guy was just bluffing. We gotta get out of here. We'll leave Jake here. A dead man's no good to us. All right, in the car, you two. Hurry it up. All right, in there, Mick. Come on, come on. Come get on. Going. Let's go. There he is. Not dead, thank heaven. 
Nasty gash in his head, though. Come on, Scubby. Oh. Wake up, will you? Come on, Scubby. Oh. oh. That you, Nick? Yes, Scubby, it's Nick. What happened? Oh. Well, you said to meet you here. You didn't get here. Kang started off with the machine and the prof and his daughter. I tried to stop them. One of them shot me. But I got one of them first, I think. Yes, you sure did, Scubby. They left his body here. You all right now? Yeah, I, I guess so. Good. Come on. Let's see if this dead gangster has any identifications on him. Probably not, but he might have. Let's see. No, nope. doesn't seem to be a thing. Here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's wearing a money belt. Specially made. Made by Weaver Manufacturing Company, Brooklyn. Well, if it's a special kind of belt, maybe they know who they made it for. Yes, maybe. We'll find out anyway. Oh, uh, another thing, Nick. Hmm? I got a good look at one of the gang just before I went down. Good. And his face was all covered with those peculiar dark-colored splotches that you told me about last winter, remember? The, uh, that Asiatic skin disease. Oh, yes. That's a real clue, Scubby. Very few doctors can treat that disease, and it requires regular treatment. When we get back to town, you make it your job to find the doctor who treats him and get his name and address. Right, Nick. But how did you know this robbery was going to take place right here and at this time? A very peculiar thing, Scubby. As you know, I've been on the trail of this gang for weeks. Yeah. Well, I finally found a restaurant where several of the gang eat. Had lunch there this noon. Two of the gang were there. I couldn't hear what they said, but I could read their lips enough to find out about their plan to rob the professor. So I called you back from your vacation in Connecticut, hoping that we could warn the professor and maybe block their plans and capture them. But what happened to you? You were late getting here. Oh, some drunken fool ran into me and locked his car into mine. So it took a wrecking crew to separate us. Just bad luck, that's all. Yeah, we might have had them if you'd been here, too. Well, too late for that. Let's get back to town and work on what clues we have. machine of yours going. I want to try it out and be sure it's okay. Shall I untie him, Tony? Sure. He's got to use his hands to make that thing work. But leave the girl tied up. Okay. There you are, Pop. I'll get busy. Jean, you think I'd better... Better do as they say, Dad. If you don't, they may kill us. The kid's right, Pop. Better do as we say and make it fast. Very well. Give me the machine. Here you are, Pop. Make it work. Why... I can't make it work. Huh? The main adjuster coil is missing. You mean it won't work without something that ain't there? As long as that coil is missing, I can't demonstrate it for you. It won't work. Look here, Pop. Are you trying to kid us? No, I assure you, I'm quite serious. That machine won't work without the coil. It still brought that thing down here just the way you gave it to him. You must have left it up there yourself. Perhaps I did. I was very nervous. Why, you old son of a dried-up mummy. I believe you did this on purpose. I believe you've tricked us. What the dip, Tony? If he's got to have the coil, he's got to have the coil. If it ain't here, we got to get it. Yeah, you're right, I guess. What does it look like, you old goat? It's a small coil of green-covered wire. About four inches across. Yeah, the last time I saw it was lying on the bench near where the machine was. Take a couple of the boys, Bill, and get it. First thing in the morning. And pop... You better pray they find it. Yes, Nick, Scubby just called me. That special money belt was made for a man named Jake Shackley. 
lives at 47 East Pitch Street. Yes, Gubby said he was going to try to... Seven East Pitt Street. <laughs> Fine old dump. Wager Shackley's not the only crook who lives here. Oh, clerk. Yes, sir. What room's Jake Shackley in? Shackley? Oh, I don't know anybody by that See name. See this, do you? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, Shackley lives in number 42, but uh, he's out just now. Yes, I expect he is. I just want to look over his room. Any objections? Oh, no, sir. Uh, go right ahead. It's on the fourth floor, sir. Uh, stairs over there. You want the key? No, thank you. I've got one. I'll wait up there for a while. If anybody comes in looking for Shackley, set him up. I might like to talk to them. describe is one of my patients. Uh, he comes here twice a week for X-ray treatment. Uh, if you have the proper authority, I can give you his name and address. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, I see. Uh, that is quite satisfactory. Now here, uh, here you are. James Dwayne, 47 East Pitch Street. Glad to help you. Uh, good day. Number 37. Yeah, this is the room. I wonder if anyone is in. We better be leaving, Jim. It's a long way up there. But, Bill, how come the coil wasn't with the rest of the stuff when you brought it down? That old fat head of a professor left it behind on purpose. Oh, when do we leave? Just as soon as trap gets here. Mm. Do right now. Somebody else coming. Maybe I better get out of the... Looking for somebody, bud? Oh. Oh, I was just, um... I was just trying to find room nine. I'm nearsighted. Go on inside. We'll talk about it there. Go on inside. Oh, sure. Sure. Hey, trap. Hey, where'd you get that guy? He was listening outside your door. Know him? No, him. I thought I killed him up at the professor's place. You mean this is the dick who tried to stop you up yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. That pretty bandage on his head covers up the place where I put my slug. Well, he's here now anyway. Yeah, and we better get rid of him. So we can be on our way. How about leaving him here and turning on the gas? Simple and efficient. Not here. This is my room. But there is a small empty room across the hall. Only one window. We can stuff the cracks with newspaper and leave him in there tied up. That's a good idea. With the gas turned on, he won't last long. When they find him, we'll be miles from here. We won't be in the picture at all. Certainly turned out to be a total loss. Not a thing in the room that's of use. Nobody dropped in. Uh, Mr. Jake Shackley must have lived a very lonely and uninteresting life. I'll make you better try another lead. Let's start by walking down those three flights of stairs. I would pick a clue that leads me to a place without an elevator. Hey, wait. 
strong smell of gas on this floor. Better look into this. It must be down this way. Yeah, the smell's stronger here. Yeah, this must be the room. Number 36. Didn't even lock the door when they left. Hope they don't take me for one of the uninvited. Might not like my... Scuppy! Scuppy, what in the... Where's that gas jet? Now for the window. Hey, Scubby. Scubby, come on. Come on. Come on, Scubby. Now he's out cold. Come on. Oh, he's all tied up. What's been going on here anyway? I'll have to get him out of this. Oh, you're heavier than I thought, old boy. Yeah, this ought to be all right. Now for artificial respiration. One, two, three. Relax. Rest. One, two, three. Hey, wh what's going on here? I smell gas. Any trouble, Mr. Man overcome. Gas. Turns out to be a friend of mine. Oh, dear. Don't know what happened. I just got here. Oh. I think he's coming around now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. He's opening his eyes. Scubby. Scubby. Can you hear me? Scubby. Oh. Nick. Oh, Nick. Gang going back. Left something. Professor's house. Machine no good without it. Nick, hurry. Hurry, Nick. They can't get away. Passed oh, out again. Clerk, is our doctor around here? Uh, oh, yes, yes. Right in the next room. Get him. Oh, Doc. Hey, Doc. Come on out. You wanted it. Doc. All right. He'll be all right now. You and the doc take care of him. When he's okay, send him to my office at 3rd and 5th. I'll get back there as soon as I can. I've got a job to do that can't wait. Practically, Patsy. The entrance is just around the bend ahead. Uh -huh. I'm going to run the car off the road into the bushes here so it can't be seen by anyone going by. How far is the professor's house from here? About 100 yards, through the woods there. Uh -huh. You going to wait here? No. I'm cutting across to see if the gang's car is there yet. Where's that kid of mine? Now put it in the back, Nick. What's in it? Oh, a little gadget. You wait here for me. I'll be back as soon as I can. Oh, but, Nick, you're not going to try to catch the gang single-handed, are you? No, Patsy, I don't expect to, but you never can tell. There. I ought to do it. Now. There, now, if I can get away from here before anybody sees me. Hey, Tony! Oh. Somebody's monkeying with our car. Yeah, Say, I gotta you. get out of here. Who can play at this game? There, got him. I can see it. Okay, here. If I can get behind this bush. Oh, got me. After all, I did. You get him, Bill? I think so, but he got trapped first. Trapped dead. Want me to finish off the dig? No, no, we got the coil we come after. Nothing to keep us here any longer. I don't want to waste time hunting for a couple who's probably dead already. What about trapped? Leave him there. It's a long way back to town. I ain't particular about making the trip with a corpse. Nick? Nick? Where are you? Oh, Patsy. Patsy. Yes, Over Nick? Here. In the bush. Oh, Nick. Nick, are you hurt? No. Not seriously, Patsy. Oh, thank goodness. They caught me off guard. Creased the back of my head with a shot. 
Oh, Nick, I was so scared that you were dead. No. Heard all the shooting, and then when their car roared off down the road and you didn't come back, I didn't know what to think. Oh, no. I waited a little and then came over here to find you. Come on, and let me help you up. All right, thanks. Oh, oh, how my head aches. Oh. You'll have to drive us back to town, Patsy. I don't feel up to it. Well, a gangster's car got such a head start, we'll never find them now. Oh, Patsy, you're wrong about that. Hmm? We can follow them no matter how much of a start they got. Who do you think you are, Dunninger? You're no mind reader or fortune teller either. No? We'll see. Come on. Sure we're on the trail of the other car, Patsy? Don't be funny, Nick. Of course we are. There hasn't been any crossroad or side road yet where they could have turned off. Well, that's a great weight off my mind. Nick, how can you be so sure we can follow them no matter what roads they take? Wait until we get to a place where there's another road they might have taken. Then I'll answer your question. Oh, you. I think I'd better call Scubby on the short wave and give him some instructions. I left word for him to wait till he heard from me. K.R. calling Y.N. K.R. calling Y.N. Come in. Y.N. to K.R. Ready here. Go ahead. K.R. to Y.N. Pick up reinforcements according to plan previously arranged. Have men and machines ready in one hour. Stand by for further orders. We'll call you again one hour from now. That's all. Y.N. to K.R. Okay. Okay. Await your call in one hour. Signing off. Nick, you never told me. What are the code letters you use for identification? We use the last letter of our first name and the last letter of our last name. Mm -hmm. For instance, Nick Carter is K.R., Scubby Wilson is Y.N. Mm-hmm. Mine would be... Well, mine would be Y.N. too. Patsy Bowen. Well, if Scubby is Y.N., what would my letters be? Just add the first letter of your first name. Oh, the first letter. Mm-hmm. Well, you mean my letters then would be P.Y.N. That's right. Simple, isn't it? Hmm. Look, Nick. We're coming to a crossroads. Which way, maestro? Well, if they're going where I think they're going, they'd take the right fork. So try that one. Slow down a little bit, though. Okay. Now what? Just a minute. Stop the car. Well, what is it, Nick? Look there, Patsy. Hmm? Looks like a firefly on the pavement. That's the answer to your question. Meaning what? It's not a firefly. It's a drop of luminous paint. Nick, you mean the other car is dropping those as they go along without knowing it? Exactly. All right, you can go ahead now. Oh, that's what you were doing when they shot you. Yes, Patsy. I rigged it up before we left the office. Then when I left you to see if they'd arrived yet, I found their car. No one was in it, so I fastened it on the chassis. Yeah. They came out and found me just after I'd finished the job. So that's why you weren't in any great rush. What is it, Nick? A phosphorus solution in a metal can with an adjustable nipple. Uh-huh. Enough to last for a hundred miles. They can't lose us this time. <laughs> longer are you going to keep us here tied up this way? Until my men bring back the missing coil. And it works. And they should be back here by now if nothing's happened to prevent them. And for your sake, I hope... Ah. Here they are now. Well, we got it. Where's Trap? We left him there. You had a fight? Yeah. 
Dick tried to put our car out of commission while we was in the lab. Trap spotted him. And they shot it out. Trap lost. And the dick? He's still up there, too. Dead as a doornail. You fool! Bundlers! Can't you do anything without having trouble? We got the coil, Tony. Ain't that what you wanted? Of course, of course. But trouble always spells danger. Where is the coil? Here. Pop, take a look at this. Is it the right one? Yes. Yes, that is the coil. Do you have to have anything else to make that machine of yours work? No, it's all here now. All right. There's the rest of it on the table there. Get it going. I want to see it work. Very well. But it'll take time. It better not take too long. Otherwise, your daughter might find things happening to her she wouldn't like. Don't worry about me, Father. I can't help worrying about you, my dear. I'll work as fast as I can. It's just 9.30 now. I'll give you 15 minutes to get that thing working. But that won't be... Better not stop the talk. Time's going. Do as he says, Father. Very well, my dear. One minute gone. Five seconds. Ten seconds. Fifteen. K-R-Y-N. K-R-Y-N. Come in. Y-N to K-R. Ready. Go ahead. K-R to Y-N. I am now parked near Hideout. Is center one of three old tenement houses, East Haviland Road. Come at once. Bring men as previously planned. Surround house. We'll wait for you to arrive if possible. Come at once. That is all. Y-N to K-R. Understood. Leaving immediately. Should be there in 20 minutes. Signing off. Father, can't you hurry? I'm almost ready. Just a second. Twenty-five now. seconds. There. I think it'll work now. Ready, Pop? Yes. Turn on the current, please. I'll get it. Now then, what is it you wish to try? Try it on me, Tony. That dig got me in the shoulder. Very well. Try it on Jim's shoulder. Stand in front of the machine. Now a little closer. Uh, bring your shoulder a little lower so as to be directly in front of the rays. This ain't going to hurt, is it? You want your shoulder fixed up, don't you? Sure, sure. Shut up, then. No, stay right there. Steady now. Gee, feels good. Hey, Tony, look. The shoulder looks better already. Yeah. This will make us the tops of any gang in the whole world. How long will it take to fix him up as good as new, Pop? Well, this is only a small demonstration machine. It'll take several hours to complete the healing process. With a larger output of the Z-ray, it'll be much quicker. Hey, Tony, what's that? What's what? Them cars outside. Did you hear them? Cars? Stopping here? Yeah, yeah, there was two of them. Hey, there they are. You fool! So you left that dick dead in the wood at the prof's lab, did you? Tony, I, I was sure he was dead. So Daddy's tracked us right here to our own hideout. But Tony, I... Hey, boss, boss, the cops, they surrounded the house. How many of them are there? Oh, a dozen. We can take care of them. Bill, you and Jim go down and give the boys a hand. Right. Five of you ought to be a match for a dozen of them, but work fast. There may be more along any minute. Yeah, sure, Tony. Come on, guys. Come on, let's go. Now, you two, I'm going to close this door and lock it. Now, let me hear a 
peep out of either of you and you'll get a slug in your back. So long as I got you two here with me, I got something to bargain with. And it's going to be a good bargain. One that'll get me out of here free and clear. <laughs> they all accounted for, Scubby? Yeah, Nick. Riley got them all. One dead and four wounded. Oh, what fools they are. So busy defending the front and back doors that they forgot that little side window. Yeah. Once we got a man in there, it was easy. Were they surprised to be attacked from the rear? Did you find out where the head of the gang is? No, Nick. We've searched every room in the house except this one. He and the old man and his daughter must be in here. Well, I know they haven't gotten away. I watched the house from the time I called you until they got here. I'm positive nobody left the house. Now, let's find out. All right, you and there. You might as well come out. You can't get away? Think so, Mr. Carter? So you know me, do you? Yes, I know you. And you know that you can't get away? I think you're wrong about that, Carter. What do you mean? I have a proposition to make. All right, what is it? If you let me go free and give me a half-hour start without trying to stop me, I won't harm either the old man or his daughter. But if you refuse, if you try to break down the door to get me, they'll both die before you can save them. Are they all right now? They are. How long they stay that way depends on you. Hey, what can we do, Nick? We can't let him kill the old man and the girl. I have a plan, Scubby. Yeah? Miss Pender, are you all right? I told you she was okay. I want to hear it from her own lips. Miss Pender, are you all right? Go ahead, Kitty. Yes, Mr. Carter, we're all right. Professor Pender, are you all right? Well, what's the idea of all the talk, Dick? Let's do something. All right, Scubby, I'm running this. Oh, okay, Nick, just as you say. Professor Pender, are you all right? Yes, Mr. Carter. Nothing's happened to me. Your invention, perfectly safe? Yes, it's quite safe at present. If you try to do anything except let me go, you'll find the machine wrecked and both of them dead. Is your father all right, Miss Pender? Nick, what in heaven's name are you trying to... Quiet. Miss Pender, is your father all right? Yes, he's all right. Well, Carter, now that you're sure everything's all right, are you going to accept my proposition or not? No, I'm not going to accept it. Then I'm afraid I'm going to have to kill both of But I can't understand it, Mr. Carter. Well, you couldn't see him through the door, and yet you shot him dead. Yes, Mr. Carter, it's incredible. He killed him without even knowing where to shoot. That's where you're wrong, Professor. I did know where to shoot. Oh, Nick, you're not going to tell me that you have X-ray eyes or something. No, Scubby, I won't tell you that. But how in the name of all that's wonderful could you know where to shoot? Use my ears, Scubby. Your ears? Yes. I made the three people in that room talk to me until I had a mental picture of just where each one of them was. Yeah. Then when I was sure in just what direction the crook's voice was coming from and was sure that neither the professor nor his daughter were near enough to be hurt, it was a simple matter to shoot right through the door at the crook's voice. And I was right. Sorry I had to kill him, but it was the only way I could see to get him without danger to either of them. Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. So you shot him by the sound of his voice? Exactly, Scubby. If he'd kept his mouth shut, I'd have had to agree with his terms. But he talked. He talked himself right into the hereafter. And I wonder if he can talk himself out of whatever he finds waiting for him there.
this has been another of the strange adventures of Nick Carter, Master Detective, which are brought to you regularly at the same time by WOR Mutual. And now, let's ask Nick for a hint or two about a story for next week. How about it, Nick? Okay. Well, next week's strange adventure was strange indeed. Scubby started for Philadelphia to get some information I wanted. But he ended up in another city under another name and occupying a body that wasn't his. And then we found that somebody else had borrowed Scubby's body to kill a man. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm getting confused. Well, that's nothing to what was happening to poor Scubby. He didn't know who he was or what he was doing. And yet all the time, he was perfectly sane. And it wasn't until this boss crook, who called himself the mystic, tried the same thing on Nick that we really got anywhere at all. Well, it sounds like something out of the ordinary, to say the least. What do you call it? Murder by magic. Or the mystery of the missing identity. And that's all for now. So long. So long, everybody. And so long to you both, Nick and Patsy, until next week. In The Strange Adventure, you have just heard Nick Carter was impersonated by Lon Clark, Patsy by Helen Choate, Scubby by John Kane. Original music was played by Lou White. The entire production was written and directed by Jock McGregor. Next week at the same time, listen to another curious experience of Nick Carter entitled... Murder by Magic. Or Nick Carter and the Mystery of the Missing Identity. And now, a very special announcement. Beginning next week, the return of Nick Carter will be brought to you at a new time. 10.15 p.m. Eastern War Time on Saturday evenings. Remember... Beginning next Saturday, April 8th, The Strange Adventures of Nick Carter will come to you at 10.15 p.m. Eastern Wartime, and at that same time each week thereafter. And don't forget that the adventures of Nick's adopted son, Chick Carter, are broadcast over most of these stations Mondays through Fridays at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Wartime. This story is a copyrighted feature of Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The return of Nick Carter is produced in the studios of WOR. This is Mutual. Why is he not here, Mr. Wilson? His wife is sick, sir. But his reports are ready. I've brought them for him. Oh, thank you, Mr. Wilson. We'll get to the credit reports in just a minute. Uh, gentlemen, uh, this is a sales meeting. And the purpose of this meeting is sales. And uh, what creates sales, Mr. Wilson? A satisfied client and a client who is able to pay the price we ask. A satisfied client represents a sale already made, Mr. Wilson. To sell a product... The maker of that commodity must first create a demand for his product and then deliver to the satisfaction of his customer. But 
uh, Mr. Jeffers, so far the market's been small. Our uh, prospects are limited. We sell an expensive item, Mr. Weatherby. But market research will reveal to us a larger demand for our product than you realize. So to make more sales, we must investigate the market more thoroughly. We're in business for profit, and we need a greater turnover. We mustn't forget the risks, though, Mr. Jeffers. Yes, we must give great consideration to credit risk, Mr. Wilson. And the percentage of profit must outweigh the percentage of risk. And where does our greatest risk lie? With uh, our clients? Exactly right, Mr. Weatherby. Therefore, the character, the reliability, the motives, and the credit rating of our prospective clients must be given careful scrutiny. Because we must remember, gentlemen, that the commodity we sell is murder. And now meet Dick Colmer as Boston Blackie, enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friend. <laughs> What's the matter, Blackie? Nothing to do? Plenty to do, Mary. Only I don't have any of the details. Maybe I'd feel better if I knew what you're talking about. It's just this. I've had at least three tips during the past week that a new murder gang is working in this town, and Faraday hasn't told me a thing about them, nor has there been anything in the papers. Maybe the gang hasn't started operations yet. That's not the way I heard it. I'm more puzzled by the fact that Faraday's keeping quiet than I ever was in any case I've worked. Have you tried seeing the good inspector, much as I'd rather you didn't? I've tried phoning him, but he won't answer once he finds out who's calling. And my trick voices don't work with Faraday. He's too smart. Oh, the inspector would give an awful lot to hear you say those words. One of the reasons they're so valuable is that I'll never say them to him. But I'm still puzzled about this situation. You could be just as puzzled at dinner, and I'd like it better on account of I'm hungry. Your appetite and your figure are the greatest contradictions I've ever seen. I keep thin worrying about you. <laughs> In that case... And rather than have you put on any weight, I think I'd better get down to headquarters and see Faraday. The police are selling tickets for some children's benefit, and I haven't bought any yet, so I might as well get them from a pal. There's nothing I can say to stop you from going, Blackie. Hmm? You want to keep thin, don't you, Mary? Oh, I see what you mean. Goodbye, Blackie. Uh, come in, Matthews. My name is Matthews Faraday, but I'll accept the invitation. Get lost, Blackie. I'm busy. If I get lost, you'll be busy trying to find me. The only place I want to find you is out. Well, that's where you'll find me. If you come to my apartment to sell me tickets to the children's benefit, so I've come down to your office to buy them. Well, I've got more to worry about today than selling tickets. Well, I'll make it easy for you. This is the last day of the sale. I'll buy every ticket you have left. I'll give you a check for them right now. Okay, here are ten tickets. Now get out of here. Well, I make out the check. Say, uh, what's troubling you today, Faraday? What's usually troubling me? Murder. Oh, uh, tell me about it, Inspector. Your troubles are over. It isn't it, it's them. And any minute I expect to hear about another one. I haven't seen anything in the papers about murders. That's because I can't prove there's been a murder. I know of five killings in the last month, but I can't prove one of them. Elusive killers? Elusive corpses. In the last 30 days, five men have disappeared without a trace. I even know who killed them. But I can't prove murder because I can't find the victims. Good old corpus delecti, huh? Mm, complicates more murder cases. Who's the trigger man? It's not one trigger man. It's a whole corporation which is selling murder. Wholesale. Wait a minute. You know all this, but you can't do a thing about it? Nothing but wait for the corporation to make a slip. It's run like a business, Blackie. And by a former big businessman, too. Ed Jeffers. He used to be head of a large wholesale house. Here's your check for the tickets. Thanks. You certainly were informative, Faraday. 
You haven't told me about this case before. Why now? Because I don't want to be bothered with your questions. <laughs> but you do want to be bothered with my health, don't you? Oh, do what you want. Who cares? I care. Now, uh, just tell me where this murder syndicate can be found, and the corporation will have company. <laughs> Hello. Mr. Jeffers, please. Speaking. Uh, Mr. Jeffers, this is Weatherby. Oh, yes, Weatherby. I've been waiting to hear from you. Did you close the deal with Harry Brown? Yes, sir. I just took care of it. Fine, fine. You fulfilled every clause in the contract? Yes, sir. You can tell Mr. Brown everything's been taken care of. I'll be happy to. I have another prospect for you, Weatherby. It's a Robert Engels of 11 Elm Road. But I must warn you to exercise the usual extreme caution. Investigate the prospective client's background thoroughly. Don't worry, Mr. Chambers. I know how to handle these things. I have the greatest confidence in you, Weatherby. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, uh, Wilson. Yes, Mr. Jeffers? There's a gentleman in the outer office waiting to see me. Will you send him in? Yes. Thank you. Come in. Mr. Jeffers? Yes, come in. Thank you. My name is Jones, Mr. Jeffers. John J. Jones. Yeah, sit down. Thank you. Uh. I'll come right to the point. I need your services. My services? I don't understand. I happen to know what you sell, Mr. Jeffers, and it isn't what the name of your company implies. <laughs> I don't know what ever gave you that idea, Mr. Jones. We import some of the finest woolens in America. Oh, then maybe I do have the wrong place. You have the wrong name, Mr. Boston Blackie. My face is familiar. And your tactics, Blackie. Now, uh... What can I do for you? Nothing, I suppose. What you can do for me isn't important. If I were you, I'd worry about what I'm going to do to you. Inspector Faraday, the missing persons bureau just phoned. Again, Matthews? Who's missing this time? A man named Johnson. Missing Persons Bureau questioned his wife, and she said Johnson's only enemy was Harry Brown. Well, let's get hold of Brown. We've already done that, Inspector. He has a perfect alibi. Johnson left his own office at 5 this afternoon. He told his wife he'd be home at 6. Brown was at home at 5 and was still there when we questioned him at 8 this evening. Mm. Several friends were with him all the time, and one of them is a friend of the mayor's. Brown's alibi is perfect. Well, in that case, Brown certainly didn't kill Johnson. Now, Brown has money, of course. Yes, a lot. And this is another one of those things. Another killing by those guys who sell murder. You have everything but a body and proof, Inspector. Yeah, I've got everything, all right. The best police force in the country. The best scientific methods of crime detection. The best criminologists in the world. But I've also got a company specializing in murder. And that's exactly what they're getting away with. Oh, hello, Mary. I'm sorry I'm late. Have you ordered dinner? No. I've been waiting for you. I expect you to be late when you're working on a case. How do you know I'm working on a case? Your face has a puzzled look. <laughs> I know. Any of the pieces missing? None of the important ones, <laughs> I don't think. Let me see. One nose, two eyes. No. You're all there, Blackie. That's not Faraday's opinion, believe me. I just called the inspector and found there's been another killing. That makes six. The police can't even find one of the bodies. <laughs> How can you say there's been a murder when there isn't even a body? I can't. But Faraday's so certain the missing men have been killed. I've gone along with the murder theory, too. Oh? Faraday even knows of the corporation that has killers for hire. Huh? 
It uh, sounded just like you said something about a corporation that sells murder. It's not funny, Mary. I went up to see the president of the company this afternoon, and I think Faraday's right. Oh, Blackie, it's too fantastic to believe. Oh, by the way, I almost forgot. John Gardner phoned your apartment looking for you. Gardner? What did that weak sister want? Well, he said something about socking you on sight. That's the best news I've had all day. What? He's suffering from a bad case of too much money and too little feeling for his fellow man. He's putting pressure on a little shopkeeper I know, and I've warned him to lay off. Oh, that's my Blackie. Always helping somebody else out and getting himself in trouble. Oh, God, there's no trouble, Mary. I can handle three like him as an appetizer. Well, if you can, you'd better begin now. He must have followed me here because he's heading for this table right now. Oh? So I found you, have I, Blackie? So it seems. Go away, Gardner. I'm going to have my dinner. You won't have any teeth to eat it with after I get through with you. You're kidding, of course. Get up for that table and see if I am. Don't do it, Blackie, please. Hiding behind your girlfriend, are you? Well, that's what I thought. They call you Boston Blackie, but you're a little yellow. Excuse me, Mary. Blackie. What were you saying, Gardner? I was saying I'm going to knock your teeth in. Right now. Yeah. My teeth seem to be still there. I wonder if your chin will be in a second. <laughs> get up, Gardner. Get up and get out of here. All right, Blackie. Well, I won't forget this. And believe me, I'll see to it that you never do either. Hello. Oh, hello, Blackie. This is Faraday. Oh, hello, Inspector. I, I don't want to hear what you say. I want you to hear what I say. Okay, say away. What's the idea of clipping John Gardner, Blackie? The best idea I've had in months. Oh, it was a good idea, was it? Well, this is not in my department, but I got wind of it. So I'm just giving you a little tip. You just slugged your way into a good case of assault. You don't say. Gardner just filed a complaint against you. Well, that's not the only complaint he has against me, but this is the first one he's ever had nerve enough to file. I don't know anything about that. I just want to tell you, a sergeant from the 18th Precinct is coming up to arrest you. I don't want you to pull any tricks. All right, Faraday. I'll promise to be a good boy. Good to myself. I'm leaving here right now. Blackie, if Gardner makes that complaint stick, you're going to be in a jam. Why did you clip him? I had a reason, Faraday. You see, he had a chin I loved. And now, back to Boston Blackie. Ed Jeffers runs a well-ordered business in a strictly business-like manner. But what his company sells is murder. Police in Boston Blackie are sure of Jeffers' activities, but cannot prove murder against him because they have no evidence. And the bodies of six men his firm has allegedly killed cannot be found. Unable to make headway with a baffling case, Blackie apparently drops the matter to settle a personal difference with wealthy John Gardner. As we return to our story, Gardner is at home. Yes? Mr. Gardner, there's a gentleman to see you. Tell him I see people by appointment only, Jameson. I told him that, sir, but he says the matter is urgent. Now tell this man... Well, all right, all right, Jameson. I'll see him. Very good, sir. Mr. Wilson, Mr. Gardner will see you in the library. Thanks, thanks a lot. Come in, sir. That'll be all, James. Yes. What can I do for you? I think there's something I can do for you, Mr. Gardner. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Wilson. I represent the Jeffers Importers. I'm not interested in... Ah, but you'll be very interested in our services, Mr. Gardner. 
We, uh, we do specialized work, and I can assure you that we're the best and most thorough in the business. The best and most thorough at what? Uh, Mr. Gardner, we read in the papers last evening that you brought an assault charge against Boston Blackie. Yes, it's true, I did, but that uh, has nothing to do Mr. with... Mr. Gardner, it. if you won't take offense, uh, during the past 12 hours, my company has taken the liberty of investigating your background, your character, and your financial status, and your, uh, well, uh, acceptability as a client. What in the world are you talking about? Your acceptability as a client, Mr. Gardner. This isn't the first time you've had trouble with Boston Blackie, and it probably won't be the last. But buy what we have to offer, and we'll settle everything for you. What, uh, what do you have in mind? <laughs> Murder, Mr. Gardner. Murder. You, uh, you'll, uh, kill Boston Blackie? Well, for a price, and I don't hesitate to say it, it'll quite naturally be a considerable sum. Yes, naturally. Of course, you're interested, Mr. Gardner. Well, I don't know. How can I be sure I, I won't be involved? Oh, you won't be. You see, our method is flawless. First, we investigate our prospective clients. Our investigation determines whether or not they'll cooperate with us in keeping quiet about what we do for them. Oh, I see. Then we, uh, we kill the person. Our client is not involved in the crime because we kill his enemy at a time our client is a perfect alibi. You're very thorough. Mm, very. The killer, one of our employees, can't be charged with a crime because the police can never prove a connection between the killer and his victim. <laughs> Besides, the victim's body disappears... Do you uh, see how perfect our method is? Yes, quite clearly. Well, uh, what do you say, Mr. Gardner? Mr. Wilson, you have a client. I got Gardner, Mr. Jeffers. Here's the money. He paid the entire amount in advance. You're a good salesman, Mr. Wilson. Well, Weatherby, we have another account for you to service. What do I call killer's time? Boston Blackie. Blackie, huh? Well, I hope we got a good price. Make the job as good as the price and we'll all be satisfied. Well, it'll be just as good as all the others. Maybe better. Where does Blackie live? At 6 Sunset Park, apartment 9A. Sam here will give you all the data you need on Blackie, the layout of his apartment, his habits, and so on, the usual material. Within 24 hours, the terms of our contract with Mr. Gardner must be and will be fulfilled. <laughs> Hello, Mary. This is Blackie. Hello, Blackie. Where are you? In my apartment. Oh, well, I told you your fight with Mr. Gardner would make the papers. Aren't you sorry you hit him now? I'm just sorry I didn't hit him harder. Blackie, what's the matter with you? Nothing. I just don't like guys who... Uh-oh. Hey, what's the matter? Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> Blackie! Blackie! Get you another way, Blackie. Not with your gun. It stays on the floor where I just knocked it. Oh, no, it doesn't. Oh, then you go on the floor with it. <coughs> yeah, you fucking... <coughs> oh. Well, you want to get up for more? No, thanks. Then I'll help you. <coughs> there. Who are you? None of your business. You came up behind me with a gun in your hand. I suppose that was none of my business either. You're one of Ed Jeffers' men, aren't you? I'm not saying. Well, I am. Tell you the truth, I thought someone like you might come calling. That's why I sat so I could look in the mirror and see what was behind me. You sound like you were expecting me. I was expecting someone. What's your name? You mean to say there's something the great Boston Blackie doesn't know? How would you like the great Boston Blackie to go to work on you to find out what your name is? It's Weatherby. That answers my first question. My next is, who sent you here? This was my own idea. Oh, it's going to be like that, huh? 
You wouldn't happen to know a man named Jeffers. Oh. You're being awfully stupid, Weatherby. But then you were pretty stupid to think that you could keep getting away with what you and your boss were doing. Let's go down to police headquarters. Maybe Faraday can think of a way to improve your memory. Inspector, I've got to see you. Uh, apparently. From the way you just crashed into my office, Miss Wesley. Look, Inspector, a little while ago I was talking on the phone to Blackie when suddenly something happened. I know what it was. He got tired of talking to you. No, 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 Inspector. He stopped so abruptly. I know something happened to him. I tried to get you on the phone, but you weren't in. I just got here. Well, Miss Wesley, either Blackie hung up or someone hung one on him. Now, I got no time. Oh, now, look. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hello. Hello, Barney. This is Blackie. Oh, fine. I've got Miss Wesley here. She's scared stiff. Oh, what goes on? Plenty. Tell Mary I'm all right. I tried to call her back, but yeah. I was busy. Well, I'm busy, too. What is this, the telephone exchange? No, but I'm doing a little exchanging. I'm exchanging a theory of mine for the murder syndicate you're trying to grab. And I'll be down to headquarters with the syndicate's production manager in half an hour. Here he is, Barney. His name is Weatherby, and he's one of the syndicate's killers. How many men have you killed for Jeffers, Weatherby? Two, three, four? I'll handle them, Blackie. Sure, when I'm through. Weatherby, you were hired by Gardner to get me, weren't you? Come on, talk. Talking bores me. Weatherby, I'm going to give you two... It's no use, Barney. I'm going to have to find a way to make him talk. I know a way. Only regulations won't let me use it. How did you grab him, Blackie? He sneaked up on me while I was on the telephone in my apartment. That is, he thought he was sneaking up on me. Hmm, But you just happened to see him in the mirror, huh? I was looking in the mirror... Just waiting for him. And the minute he got close enough, I clipped him with the telephone. Great, so we got him. So what do we have? Nothing. You're not very complimentary, Inspector. Come on, there's other room a minute, Faraday. I have one more idea. Yeah. Well, if it works as well as your others, I hope it's your last idea for 20 years. Things are really working out better than you think. You almost get yourself killed and you say things are working out? Yes, Faraday. I'll tell you a little secret. Go ahead. I'm sure Jeff has plans to try to kill me. And I plan to stop him. The plan of one of us is going to work. Mr. Jeffers, I want to talk to you. Sit down, Mr. Gardner, sit down. I know exactly what you want to talk to me about, too. Yes, you should. I know Boston Blackie is still alive. I know... And I know I paid you to kill Boston for me. But your man didn't kill him. Do you want your money refunded? I'd rather have... Boston Blackie dead. In that case, I promise you, you are a satisfied customer. Give us another 24 hours and we'll fulfill the terms of our contract. Phone Blackie and have him up to your house for a reconciliation. Have him there at 10 o'clock tonight. All right. Make sure the servants are out. I'll ring the bell at 10. You'll open the door for me and then join some friends next door so you'll have an alibi. All right, Mr. Jeffers. Very good. I'll see you at 10, Mr. Gardner, because this job I'm going to do myself. Well, you're right on time, Mr. Jeffers, and you are doing this job yourself. I promised I would, Mr. Gardner. Is uh, Blackie here? Yes, in the library. Alone? I told you we'd be alone here. Who's that? Blackie, in the library. I thought you said he was alone. He is. Oh, why is he laughing? We're going over some old cartoons. He must be leafing through the rest of them. You see, we patched up our differences. Uh, he thinks. He has no idea whom I came to the door to meet. Fine. Now, where's he sitting in there? In what position? One of he's just as I left him. He has his back to the door, sitting in a low-back chair. You can open the door, get a clear shot at him. You're being a great help, Gardner. 
I really shouldn't charge you the full fee for this. <laughs> All right, never mind. Get the job done. It's as good as done right now. Oh, you're leaving? Yes. I want to be sure I'm next door when the shots are heard. You will be. Good night. <laughs> Don't move, Blackie. Oh, hello, Jeffers. You want to see these cartoons? They're wonderful. I'll have to take your word for it. But you won't have to take my word for the fact that you'll be dead in 30 seconds. Take my gun's word for that. You're going to kill me, are you? That's what he thinks. Huh? Drop that gun, Jeffers. Faraday. I said drop the gun. Oh, my hand. You're not hurt, friend. Guns in guys' hands make me nervous. Oh, about fists. You want to play, do you? Keep away from here, Blackie. This is my fun. Okay. Go ahead. Enjoy yourself, Faraday. <laughs> hey, you handled your hands pretty well, boy. Nice going. Thanks. Well, we've got enough on this guy now to hang him. Providing we can get Gardner to talk, where is he? He's supposed to be right outside the door. Oh, Gardner! Right here, Blackie. Well, apparently our plan worked. That's the president of the medicine he could lying around on the floor. Yeah, and we've got enough on him to hang him now. Thanks for your help, Gardner. Oh, that's perfectly all right. But the next time you and I stage a fist fight like we did in the restaurant, take it easy, will you, Blackie? <laughs> My jaw still hurts. <laughs> well, I had to make that punch good. I had to hit you hard enough to knock out a gang of killers. Some night. Some rain, eh, Jack? Yeah, it is, Tom. What kind of a night to be hauling $100,000 in cash to the countryside? All you gotta do is protect the dough. I gotta drive this truck... And I ain't sure if we're in the country or the city. This rain's so thick I can't see ten feet in front of me. It is a heavy rain, all right. Yeah, it's some black night, too. If it wasn't for that white line in the middle of the road, I'd have to pull up and wait for the rain to quit. Oh, I guess there's no danger of running off the road as long as you can see that line, Tom. No, but it's the only thing keeping us on the road. Well, let's step on it, huh? We'll get where we're going fast. Uh-uh, Jack. Nothing doing. The road's too slick. There's no telling who we'll meet around the next bend. There's nobody on this road on a night like this, Tom. Anyhow, this isn't the main highway, it's just the truck route. Truck route, yeah. If I was hauling anything but a load of cash, I wouldn't have to drive on a night like this. I'd be able to... Uh-oh, turn up ahead. Boy, I'd have sure kept going straight if it wasn't for that white line. Boy, will I be glad when I get this... Tom, truck... look out! We're off the road! You're heading for those big trees! Jump, Jack! Jump! 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 Jumping! <laughs> <laughs> what a plan, Harry. What a plan. That armored truck cracked up just the way I said it would. Yeah, Bob. Split wide open. Now all we gotta do is climb in and haul out that hundred grand. Ah, sure thing. But first go around to the cab of the truck and see how the driver is. And if the crash didn't kill him, see that you do.
this case closed for this week. I'll be back next Wednesday with another hour in between now and then. If you need more, just visit the website. You'll find more from Case Closed, all the other podcasts, and our Shoutcast stream with even more old-time radio that's up and running. Don't forget to donate if you can help out. Thank you to those who have helped out. I'll talk to you again next Wednesday with another episode of Case Closed. Case Closed.